So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 38 of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley with Style and Story Creative, our wedding photography studio based out of Columbus, Ohio, and of course, Six Figure Photography. And today, we're going to be talking to one of the top 25 most influential studios in the world. But before we do that, before we bring Ryan on, I want to remind you guys what we're all about, why the Six Figure Photography Podcast exists. Look, here's the deal. Your salary, the amount of money that you make in a year, in a month, in a week, in a day, per event, per shoot, it's directly correlated. It's directly tied to how much value you provide, how well you serve your client. Do not forget that. And so, look, the entire purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your photography business. And so we brought on Ryan Coral. Ryan Coral is is a videographer, actually, guys, uh, with his studio, Epic Motion. He also has a commercial studio called Tell, and he has his own podcast called the Sherpa Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about all kinds of things. We're going to talk about his growth uh, in his business. He now has a studio model with multiple full-time creatives on board. And so how did he grow to this endeavor, building trust in the industry, connecting with other professionals, some of those early steps to reach, how he expanded his team? I know a lot of photographers listening are always curious about what did that process look like to actually grow and expand your team and really carving out the time in his life for this growth to happen. I can't wait to dive in. And so we're not going to waste any more time, you guys. Without further ado, let me introduce you guys to Ryan Coral. Ryan, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. This is a joy to have you on. Look, I, I'm. This is cool. We just got a chance to uh, to talk on the Sherpa Podcast over on your end, and so mm-hmm. it's it's nice to have you in my neck of the woods. How are you today, man? I'm I'm awesome. I'm uh, happy to be here, Ben. Dude, so one of my favorite things to just kind of set the stage a little bit to to everyone who's listening is to kind of picture I'm here in Ohio, Midwest Ohio. We're in February. It's just kind of gray and awful out. Where where about in the country are uh, are we talking from today? Yeah, uh, not too far. Um, some people call it the Midwest or the Rust Belt. We're uh, north of Detroit, about thirty minutes or so. So it's uh, dreary and cold, but our 
hearts are warm. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. It's Valentine's Day today. And that was just, it was right on point. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's a great line, dude. So, um, here's the deal. We're in, we're in February for a lot of, uh, for a lot of the listening audience, this is this is downtime, right? Quote unquote mm-hmm. downtime. Not for me, not for people like you and I, uh, but for, for a lot of photographers, this is the downtime. This is the time to invest in your business, to grow. What, what are some of the things that you guys are working on over at Epic Motion? Yes, uh, that is a good question. You know, and I would just say too, for the longest time, this season has been, uh, it's, it's been, it's always a challenge. You know, we're a wedding filmmaking company. Epic Motion is primarily focused on wedding films and personal stories. And so, you know, typically in Michigan, uh, November through April is very slow for for finding new clients. So we spent a lot of time uh, marketing, a lot of, a lot of post-production work. Um, that's typically what happens in this season. Um, but one, one of the things that we did uh, five years ago is we launched a corporate brand. So we've Epic Motion has been around for about 12 years and we launched our brand Tell about six or I'm sorry, about five years ago. And and really for us, it was because we had, you know, six months of strong business, new clients, new uh, new projects and <laughs> six months of uh, just finishing up those six months of projects. And I had a very smart financial uh, coach that just said, hey, you guys do really well for six months out of the year. Um, why don't you guys try to get you know work in these other six months? Then you would do amazingly well. And so for us, it was really uh, figuring out how to tell stories for uh, businesses and nonprofits similar to what we were doing for in, in the wedding industry, uh, but just trying to dig and find stories that were relatable, authentic in the world of business. So uh, totally not answering your question. Um, in, in the world of weddings, we are, you know, we, we've got a destination wedding this weekend. We're going to Puerto Vallarta and uh, we were in Pasadena a couple of weeks ago and we're actually working on another project that's not wedding related, but fits in our Epic Motion brand. So we're spending three weeks in California uh, filming a documentary for a woman who is in the uh, equestrian world. She's a horse jumper. And so we're kind of telling her story. So for us, you know, partially, uh, branching out of Michigan um, and really becoming a, a wedding film company that that can go anywhere in the world and tell stories, tell beautiful love stories um, and and sort of differentiating our offerings by saying like, hey, we can tell stories for businesses, too. So we created a separate website and separate brand for that. But within the tell, um, I'm, I'm sorry, within the epic within in, that, in the epic motion world, um, yeah. within that brand. Yeah, within that brand, offering more than just uh, wedding films to couples um, and to people, but to say like, hey, we we create films for lifestyles. So those things have really helped us uh, be financially uh, sustainable and actually grow in some pretty huge ways. So you're talking about during the off season or the slow season. Yeah, I mean, you diversified your income. You've kind of broadened the spectrum of of ways that you can generate uh, cash flow is what I like to call it. Um, I love that. I think that that's something that a lot of photographers, you know, wedding photographers, especially, uh, struggle with. We've got these great seasons and then we kind of hit this lull time. And so for many of us, it's just a time to figure out how do we refill the calendar, right. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and getting the next year booked up. But I like the direction that you've taken to start to, uh, to go a different direction with another brand. However, it's kind of a step that, 
you can't really take until you've got that first brand, that first business yeah. really off the ground and running. And so let's rewind for a second, man. I know we'd, we've, we've kind of laid the groundwork here. You've got Epic Motion for wedding films. You've got Tell for corporate films. Let's go back to the beginning of Epic Motion because I want to understand – um, some of the growth that you that you experienced, some of the challenges that you had. Because right now, man, correct me if I'm wrong. You got six full time employees. Is that right? Uh, I have uh, one, two, three. Uh, <laughs> I'm really bad at math. I have three full time shooters and editors. I have a part time office manager and a almost full time project manager. Nice. Awesome. That's about four more people than most uh, photographers have. <laughs> That's so good, though. So so let's talk about that. Because um, you've already brought up, too, before you even got into the hotel thing, you were saying, well, look, normally this is their time for marketing and that. What were some of the things that you did to really get Epic Motion, um, get the foundation kind of laid where you had a, a consistent client base coming in? What were some of the, the uh, things that you tested, that you learned, that you implemented to that brand to just keep keep filling up the, uh, what's the phrase? The pipeline. There it Fill is. Fill the pipeline. Fill the oh, pipeline. yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, so for me, I, I love people. And so it was a very uh, natural step to just say, um, I when I first started my business, I was like, well, what, what do I do? There's a chamber of commerce. I heard that you're supposed to do that. There's, um, you know, these different business networking things. And so I was going to those and trying to promote our wedding brand. And it was just weird. It was awkward. I didn't really know how to do it well. And most of the people there were more interested in business and weren't getting married or, you know, whatever. So uh, I didn't find a lot of um, opportunities there. But uh as as I started meeting more people in the wedding industry, I you know I was online looking up uh, DJs, uh, photographers, um, designers, different people in the industry whose work I respected, and I just started reaching out to those people and say, hey, can I I grab uh, coffee with you, buy lunch or something? All right, I love your work and would just like to hear more about you know your. Uh, your experience in this industry and, you know, ho hopefully build a friendship. And so that was one of the best things that I had done for my business. And shortly thereafter, I, I actually joined a wedding um, association. Mm -hmm. Right. So all these people. So it was a very focused group, way more focused than the than the uh, general uh, uh, chamber of commerce meeting that I was going to, but everybody in, in this, uh, association was there because they were doing events. And, um, so all the relationships that I was building there were super focused. Um, there, there were only a couple other video companies. So it was just nice because people knew me as uh, the, the video guy or, or one of the, the two or three video companies. Yeah. It, then uh, the kind of taking that one step further is I, I really got involved. I, I joined like a little, uh, committee and you know we helped plan I think one of the events or something like that or I was on the board and um, so consistency being consistent in those meetings uh, was super helpful uh, even though you know I, I didn't I didn't really know what I was bringing to the table other than I was being available and you know people see you they know you as being on the board and uh, so we were getting recognition and opportunities that just because we were sort of in the right spot and we were being consistent in, in saying like, Hey, we're not here just to come and, uh, get business, but we want to give in, give to this association, give to this mm -hmm. industry, uh, be a part of this industry. We're here to stay. Um, people saw that as, um, 
we were somebody that they could trust. And uh, so I think we built a lot of trust in the industry. So for a long time, uh, somebody just asked me yesterday, like, hey, how are you getting most of your business? And the answer has always been through referrals, through word of mouth, through the relationships that we've built over the years. And it just compounds, you know, having been in this industry for 12 years, we have a lot of really good friends in the industry that know us, trust us. And uh, that, 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 has been huge, huge for us to to continue to to be able to grow. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you hit it on the head. You just didn't call it what it's called, but you just showed up and you gave value before you asked anything mm-hmm. return. I think that mm-hmm. it's easy to show up and, and to just take and to show up and listen and to show up and try to find uh, yes. a new uh, partnership and a new networking opportunity to get more leads. Yep. Uh, but you kind of just went straight uh, towards how do you serve? I want to rewind a little bit more because you, you gleamed past it and I want to focus back up on kind of the first step. Because first step you said, you just reached out, you called, you connected, you met up for lunch, coffee, uh, with people. And, uh, look, I, I, I'm right there with you. This is what I did too. When we, um, when we moved to Columbus, Ohio in 2013, and I talked to a lot of photographers about this step and I get a fair amount of pushback, Ryan, and the pushback can look like any number of things, anything from, uh, yeah, that's great. But you know, these vendors, everyone's contacting them and everyone's mm. wanting to meet, or people don't want to, uh, to connect with me or give me the time of day, or I'm having a hard time trying to figure out how do I not just sound needy and like, Hey, I'm the new guy, help me out. Well, mm-hmm. you know, what's some of your advice for entering into some of those very beginning early stage conversations when you're not the director or you're not the board member, you haven't had your chance to show up and, and prove yourself. What do you do? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> What'd you do? Let's just, let's just, let's go straight for that. What'd you do? I think as you're thinking about this, by the way, I think yeah. one of the reasons that you and I might struggle with this is because what we do, what we did, we didn't think about. It just happened. Mm-hmm. It came mm-hmm. naturally, right? And mm-hmm. so now the challenging part is to begin to dissect who you are and why you do what you do and then uh, break that down. I just yeah. bought you some time with that statement, man. Come yeah. On. I, I think part part of uh, when I realized, you know, I was doing video for about six months before I, I said, I want to create wedding films. I shot my first wedding six months into doing video full time. And I, I just fell in love with it. And I said, man, I feel like we could create wedding films that actually inspire couples to stay married, that, that remind them of their, the promises they met or they, that they made uh, to each other and, and that we could create something visually uh, that, that people would just love that it wouldn't collect dust on the, on the shelf. So for me, I, I had, I, I knew what my, my why was, I knew my purpose and I thought it was a, a, a good purpose. I thought we could actually influence the world in a, you know, very small way, but, but that we could impact couples marriages and, and that in the way that I see it, I'm like, that's a big deal. That, that is worth, uh, working toward and worth pouring myself into. So I think it was very easy for me when, when I would try to strike up a conversation with somebody or, or somebody would say like, Hey, I, you know, I heard you started a business or something, something like that. It would, as soon as I started saying like, yeah, like I, I care about marriage, what that is and, and what that means. And it, it Put a video camera in my hand, and I want to create something that is going to inspire people to uh, remember these these vows that they made to each other. 
Can, can I we? I want. I want to yeah. go back for a quick say because yeah. you just. I want to focus up on what you just talked about because again, you didn't put words to it, but I want to put words to this shit because it's so damn good. <laughs> I'm glad we, that you are putting words. No, to no, 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 no. It's it's so good. <laughs> Here's the deal, man. Ryan, you were sold on your own service before mm-hmm. you tried to get anyone else. You were fully totally. dedicated, committed, and sold that what you had to offer was freaking valuable. And yeah. you be- and so there wasn't there wasn't any uh, pitch to it. It was right. just you. You lived. You breathed it. And you believe that if someone didn't have this in their life, then uh, then that's a bummer. That's a disservice. Yes. Yes. And so it, you didn't have to go and be like, hey, so I got this. I'd love to talk about mm-hmm. you know trying to work out something to maybe do a styled shoot with you. You just came in with conviction and passion. And and dude people's BS meter. It's strong these days and they can sniff this shit out from a mile away. And, um, and there was nothing to sniff out in your pitch to be quite honest. There's nothing to sniff out in my pitch too, right? This is the stuff that we live and we, we, we breathe and, um, and we have a deep conviction level, uh, about it. And so to, to enter into a conversation, it just, uh, I think it's natural. Um, sorry, I had to just, look, I think there's too many photographers out there who aren't sold on their own gig. Yes. Do you yeah. get this, right? L- listen up. If you're driving right now, pull your car over, right? Like, <laughs> like pay attention to this. If you want to get anyone, anyone to buy into what you're doing, to hire you to be the photographer, to partner with you on a styled shoot, um, to refer you on to a friend or family, look, you've got to believe that what you're doing is the best damn product out there and no one else can touch it. There might be someone who's who's more talented. They might take better pictures. They might produce better videos. But you know what? They don't got you. They don't got Ryan. They don't got your heart. They don't have your uh, your experiences and uh, and your passion behind it. And to understand that and to own that with great pride, not arrogance, but pride, uh, is is so critical. And I think there's too many people trying to push something that they don't fully, they're not committed to. They just don't believe it. Um, how did you provide value to those phone calls? Look, I understand you can be passionate and you can be convicted about what you do, but then how did you enter into that phone call and actually be able to give something up front before asking anything in return? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a big part of that was just saying like, Hey, like I, I'm interested in hearing your passion, right? Because I already knew that I was passionate about this thing. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, that part was going to come very easy for me. Uh, and it's, it's a very natural segue after I hear somebody's story, you know, our, our brand tagline is your story beautifully told. And I, I am so about people's story. So whether it's a, a, a wedding couple or a photographer or, you know, a plumber, you, there's a story, right? Your life has a story. So for me to be actually genuinely interested in somebody's story, uh, people want to share their story. And so, so in these conversations and these emails and these phone calls, um, leading up to like, you know, a coffee or a lunch, it's just like, Hey, I, I love what you're doing, you know? And, and honestly saying that, like I was not reaching out to anybody and everybody. I was very selective with the type of clientele that I wanted to work with. And so it was very easy to see, you know, from pictures, uh, who, pictures and or video that other photographers or uh, uh, designers would have on their site to say like, yes, that that looks like they match with with our brand. So let me reach out and just say like, hey, I love what you're doing. I want to, you know, in the same way that I'm 
doing in the same way that you're doing your craft, your your the thing that you're gifted at. I, I want to do that same thing, you know, in in the world of video. So um, let's let's meet up and see if there's any uh, any synergy with with our brands and see if we can help each other help our clients and, and just become uh, an amazing team together. Yeah, I love it, man. You did your research. I think this is something that I did too. I didn't cast my net far and wide when it came to reaching out with vendors and just, you know, uh, looking at all of the wedding planners and seeing, you know, what would stick. Man, we spent a week sitting down and churning through every single vendor that we could possibly find data and information on mm-hmm. and trying to pinpoint who is the best of the damn best at what they do, who gives a shit about their clients, uh, and who do I actually want to work with? And we we identified them, and dude, I just straight up broke the fourth wall. I got on the phone and I just explained that. I was like, look, I spent the last week yeah, trying to yeah. figure out who actually cares, who's the best, mm-hmm. who's who's not just out there trying to make some money, but who's an artist and and uh, is building real value for their clients. And look, there's a bunch of people, but you're the one that I came to. We're going to, uh, just knowing that we're going to work together. You and I at some point are going to work together. Mm-hmm. So let's just move the needle forward uh, mm-hmm. a few steps um, because I just want to get a chance to sit down and hear how I can better serve you when we do work together. Right. Yeah. Um, anyhow, dude, I love it. I um, think that's good. Right. And just, just to kind of piggyback off that, you've also got to have thick skin. And if yeah. you're if you just say like, oh, here's a designer I want to work with. Here's a photographer I want to work with. And here's a, a you know venue I want to work at. If you're if you're just reaching out to those three people and you get three no's. Oh, my gosh. Like <laughs> you got it. You got to just if, if somebody's not emailing you back or or the conversation doesn't go the way that you want it to. Or after you're talking to them, you're just like, oh, man, they're not as like friendly as as they seemed on their website. That's okay. You you mm-hmm. need to reach out to ten photographers or twenty photographers or you know twenty coordinators and just keep reaching out until somebody until you just strike a chord with somebody and you connect and and then also I think a lot of people think like oh if I find that one wedding coordinator you know who does luxury events and whatever uh, and and if I can just say like oh you're 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 the person that I'm going to always refer I think you you we limit ourselves in in thinking that a coordinator would actually care if we're the only person that they are referring. I think that to, to go into a conversation like that, say like, yeah, I, I partner with, you know, we come alongside, we work with a lot of different uh, coordinators and we promote the best ones, you know, and if we, we are in a conversation with a client and they ask us for a referral, we're going to give them a couple of different people typically, unless we just feel like you are that one person. So, so to not have this like, um, weird feeling of like, oh, I, I need to tell them, I need to kind of, the added value of this relationship with between me and this coordinator is that I'm going to give them or I, I'm going to tell them that I'm going to refer all that business. I think that's that's a, a an expectation that somebody else would not put on you. And if they do, then that's probably not a, a great, uh, great relationship either. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the ultimate thing is whether or not you're decide to be committed one way or another. Look, to be quite honest with you, I found great value in in being loyal to to my crew, to my dream team, to my vendors. Um, but I don't expect it from them. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, how dare I say like, that they worked with another photographer? On, <laughs> dude, especially on like a style. Like, of course, on weddings, right. it just makes sense. But like, I've seen it. I've seen it in the in the groups when someone gets upset because someone yeah. who they partnered with worked with someone else in a style shoot, right? Or got published and featured in another magazine right. with somebody else. And um, it's dude, people are going to work with all kinds of people. Let it, let it happen. Uh, don't overthink this stuff. Uh, don't get petty with it. It's just, it gets so silly so fast. Um, show up, 
uh, give value, and then that's it. Look, let other people give value too. Totally. Um, so, dude. Y- Let's let's kind of talk about the transition then from your growth because you've got some full time people here. I know that a lot of photographers are thinking about um, what does that look like in the future. You know, at some point, does it make sense for me to bring on an associate to bring on a full time person? Maybe it's just an office manager. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I want to hear because there's all kinds of challenges. Trust me, you and I know this. There's all kinds of challenges that come along when you're faced with that type of growth. And so, can you take me back to bringing on your first time member? Uh, what that experiences like what were some of the challenges that you faced in doing that yeah so you know early on I realized like well I can't shoot weddings on my on my own and then as we got more and more busy I was like oh man I can't keep up on this backlog uh, so I need somebody to to help editing and then and then and then it got to a point where I said man I want to I want to be able to go on a date with my wife in the middle of the summer on a Saturday night mm-hmm. and I can't because I'm, you know, I'm the guy. And so then my desire said like, I, I need to try to be able to duplicate myself so that I'm not the only one that's always selling and the only one that's, that's always the lead shooter. So, you know, my first full-time employee, I, I, <laughs> I, I got assistance shooting, Right. And, uh, and before that too, I, I was contracting people, uh, to, to assist shooting. And then I would, uh, I started contracting some of the editing and slowly and surely I was able to learn how to give better feedback and better input and, and good quality critique that actually led to, uh, work improving from the people that were helping out. And so, uh, one of the best things that I did was start building procedures, start say like, here's how, uh, here's the one job that I hate doing. It's burning DVDs and delivering DVDs to clients. And so step-by-step how to do that. And so when I hired my first full-time employee, that was the first thing that that I was able to hand off and say, I'm never burning another, another DVD again. And, and that was the most incredibly freeing thing in the world. And then as I trained this employee to, uh, to be able to lead a wedding, I, I remember, you know, on a Saturday night in the middle of the summer on a date with my wife, knowing that, hey, we're actually our team is out shooting a wedding right now. And I'm in here <laughs> enjoying dinner with my wife on a hot date. And and for me, that was one of the uh, the the greatest feelings to say, like, oh, my gosh, like we I've, I'm sort of figuring this thing out. So I think I think one of the most helpful things for me, you know, over the last 12 years has been to, to figure out, you know, what are the areas that I'm not the best at and what, what are the things that I don't love doing? And, and, and to realize that, man, there's, there's probably, there's probably better shooters out there than me. Right. And there's probably, (laughs) but it was just funny because I'm like, I'm really good and people are hiring me because I'm really good. So, so I think there was a season where I had a, a, a pretty big ego and just thought like, yeah, I'm the man. But then I, you know, as, as some of my shooters, you know, I had one full-time guy and then I hired another one and, and my shooters were like getting better or as good as me. I I can't say that they were better than me. (laughs) Just kidding. They, they totally got better than me. And my full-time guys, they're all better, better shooters, better editors. And the thing that I'm good at, the thing that I'm best at, and then actually the thing that I love most, I love having a camera in hand and I love capturing beautiful images and beautiful stories, but I, I love building relationships with our clients and, and, and then trying to help the people that don't actually hire us. I love trying to help them figure out what it is, what is it that they actually need? And so when I can walk away saying like, you know what, whether it's financial reasons or, or another reason that, that they're not a good fit for us, that's okay. And if I can know that they're going to be in, in trusted hands, like that, that makes me feel, uh, good. So, uh, 
that, that, am I answering your question? Yeah, I mean, let's <laughs> let's kind of pull it back here for the wedding photographer who's listening, or or the portrait photographer. I don't care, whatever you're doing. So you're talking about, um, you know, beginning to build a team of, uh, or just you're one person, right? Your second shooter that you're you're contracting out, you bring on per event, and um, taking time to find someone who's consistent with you. You know, yeah. you're not bringing on a random person every single gig. Right. You're investing into them. You're helping to develop them. And then you're building systems for them that they can further learn from. So, for example, uh, apart from bringing on like a full-time second shooter or a full-time head shooter, bring on an office manager. For us, we've done oh, that yeah. in the past. And um, rather than me try to teach this person you know, everything from the ground up. And then when they leave, I've got to teach somebody mm -hmm. else. I recorded videos just like yeah. using, um, in the topic of office manager stuff, like you can just go to, um, uh, what is it called? QuickTime. QuickTime's got like a screen recorder that records yep. your audio and then your screen. And I would just record these videos of practices that we would take. What happens when a, when a new lead comes into our CRM and how do we yep. track that data? And then record a video about that. And I just save it on my computer. And then the next time it might be a, um, a video on how we edit and what's the things that we're looking for. And I would record a video about that. And we would use those systems and use those videos then to continue to build and continue to train and um and save time along mm -hmm. the way you know so um i love it so delegation then it sounds like was something that was challenging for you um do you have any do you have any recommendations or tips apart from you know do the things that you like do things that you're good at uh in terms of maybe the first thing that you believe uh should be delegated and uh, just take it off your plate well i think i think part of the pro part of that process is actually i th i think we're so busy working in our business that it's it's hard to find you know two hours where we could just start thinking about like what what would it take to to get get my business to a place where I'm not doing everything i I was chatting with a guy the other day um he's looking at hiring a cPA and i you know this is the season where people are talking about taxes and stuff and I think it's absolutely crazy that somebody who is more creatively minded and, and trying to run a business that that same person would be trying to do their own taxes. Amen. And no Amen. offense to people that are actually good with numbers and good with, you know, keeping track of all that stuff. But I, I could have easily gone bankrupt and be out of business or in jail because of having to have responsibility, you know, doing my own taxes. The freedom that has come, yes, it, it costs more money to, well, from, no, it from, no, it doesn't. Right, I know, I know, right? <laughs> you it, and it I seems, both know it doesn't. It seems like it might cost more money to hire somebody to do this the right way, but the freedom that comes, and I'm not just saying like, like, oh, like you don't have to do that anymore. It's like, no, no, okay, so you don't have to do the bulk of that work anymore, but, but guess what that means? That means like two, four, eight. 16, I don't know how many hours that, that frees you up to do, but if your time is more valuable doing something else, which it's, it's probably either shooting or selling, um, those things actually bring your business money. Doing taxes does not bring your business money. So why in the, are people spending time doing things like their taxes or, um, I, I don't know. I've got a whole list yeah. that, you know, I've built an Evernote to say like, I should never, ever do this thing. I, yeah. I, I might be able to, you know, if I've got the time, maybe this and, and totally should be doing this. So to, to step back from your business and just take a, take a, take a couple deep breaths and say, okay, right now I'm Superman, right? I'm doing everything and I'm, and I'm pretty good at doing, doing this. I can stay on top of this stuff until you get backlogged. And then when you're backlogged, then 
certain things start suffering. So before you get to that spot or if you're in that spot, take a step back and just list out what are all the tasks that have to happen in your business on a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week or a month-to-month to make your business keep moving. And if you are terrible at marketing or branding or design, you should find somebody that is 20, 30, 40 bucks an hour that can knock some stuff out for you and build some templates so that you can go in and actually just do the small stuff and uh, hiring an office manager, doing the, doing, and, 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 and then another misconception that I had early on was that if I wanted an office manager, I had to hire somebody that was full-time. So I'm like, oh man, I, to get to 40 hours a week, that's going to be expensive. I can't afford that. That is not true. There are so many people out there that would be happy with four hours of work a week or eight hours of work. And to think, wow, if you hired somebody for four hours a week and all they did was, you know, the two things that you hated doing the most or that you should not be doing, that is going to free you up for what what can you sell in four hours or what can you make over the course of four hours? Dude, Ryan, apart from all of that, apart from the time, uh, and apart from someone doing it better than you, like let's mm-hmm. just even go back to the taxes thing. Like let's go, let's talk about CPA, accountant, whatever it is. Um, apart from all that, you take that out of the equation, and I'm still 100% in because I understand ROI, and ROI is not always about money. It's not always about right. dollars in, dollars out. It's also right. about like what's the ROI on on a day that I have no stress, on a day that I can enjoy and I can just uh, oh my thrive and focus on the things that I want to do, right? What's the ROI on that? And so it's it's the very fact that like, look, when I get that letter from the IRS, I rip that shit open, I pull up my <laughs> cell phone, I take a picture of it and I text it to my accountant and then I don't think about it Done. ever again. What's the ROI on that, man? Because I tell you, it's massive. It's huge. Like, and, and that's the thing that I think that we get so caught up and we get so tied up in is just we only see the dollars in, dollars out. And um, when your mind and your even like your heart, your soul is freed up to, oh, to focus and, and just do the things that actually uh, you enjoy doing and that you need to be doing, um, it happens to get real practical here as you're talking about, you know, creating time to list out this stuff. You guys listen up. I, you, you, you wake up, you come into work around nine, you go downstairs, uh, you make your kids breakfast, you go lock yourself in the room. I, I like you, you try to get things done and then it's nap time and then it's lunchtime. And then your you know, your wife gets home or your husband gets home and, and then you eat dinner and then you watch Netflix and then you go to bed and then you keep doing this over. Right. And it's just this continual cycle. Please get up wake up, wake the F up, right? Get up at five in the morning, get up at six in the morning. Look, you don't have to do this for the rest of your life, but for like a week, for three days, for two days, get up mm-hmm. at five thirty in the morning and spend two hours before your kids wake up. Spend two hours before you need to go into the office and work the part-time job or the full-time job mm-hmm. that you're working, right? Spend those two hours, make yourself the dopest cup of coffee, your favorite drink ever that this is going to reward you for that. Right? Like, eh, dude, Ryan, I woke up at four 30 today and I went straight to Starbucks. Ooh, I had to wait for them to get up. I had to wait for the Starbucks <laughs> to open uh, at five and I ordered a venti flat white quad and I reward it cost me a six bucks, but I rewarded myself cause I got shit to do. That's uh, right. And, and, but spend those two hours listing yeah. out the stuff. And, and then go to work and then go take care of your family, right? But I think you have to be intentional and carve out that time to be dedicated and focused on the thing. And if you try to do it in the middle of a workday when your email just keeps pinging, pinging, no pinging, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. 
And the thing is, we work in a creative industry. So when we're busy, like answering emails and talking to, you know, our accountant or uh, uh, on support, those things are not the reason why we got into business. So when when we can think like, wow, I, I just freed myself up, even if it's an hour a week, the kind of peace and clarity, the, the type of freedoms that we're talking about, you have to have that in order to stay creative and in, in order to actually be creating something great for your clients. So if you're just, you know, 90 percent working on keeping the business afloat and you're only giving 10% to the actual creative, to the, the shooting of the images or the, the processing of them or the experience that your clients are having, that's not, that's not enough. And, and you're, you're going to, I've seen so many people enter this industry, work hard for three years and get out because it's, it's just too much. There's, there's too many things. And it comes down to they, they haven't, they're not spending the type of time that they want to in the creative because there's all these other things that are bombarding them. And, and, and not asking for help and not realizing that help doesn't cost as much as we think it is. And the help that we're kind of talking about, it really it brings freedom in these all, all these other areas. Love it. Dude, um, I got a couple final questions here for you. This is one I just enjoy asking. Uh, it allows me to get inside people's heads just for a little bit and allows you to get a little bit more introspective here. What do you attribute to your success? I mean, without a doubt, you found it, family, life, work. It's always an uphill battle. I get it. You haven't made it. But what do you attribute to your success? And it's a number of things, but try to maybe just boil it down to one. doesn't have to be the most important thing, but one thing that you attribute to how you got to where you are today. Mm. That's a that's a beautiful question. <laughs> it makes me smile because you know I I feel like I have. Mm, I got up uh, extra early this morning, so I think I'm a little maybe extra emotional. Yeah. Um. I I feel like I have. I have worked very hard, right? I've gone through seasons. Whew, man, what the heck? Let it um, out. Early on, you know, in 2005, when I started my business for the first two years, probably three years, my wife, a constant question. We didn't have kids at the time, but a constant question was when 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 do we get to spend more time together? Like, when does this end? Right. Because I was working six or seven days a week and I was working 60 or 70 hours, 80. I don't know how many hours I was working. But for me, I I had I had a, a goal and the goal is not to be in that spot. But I knew uh, and I, I don't know why I knew, but I knew that I had to work for a season very hard to kind of build a foundation. Um, but I had a vision for where I wanted to be and, and creating a plan, you know, and, and revisiting that plan and having people in my life that can speak into my life and help guide me and, and remind me of that plan. And, mm -hmm. um, that, that has been incredibly helpful. Um, and we've had years, you know, where we've, we've profited or not profited. We've netted almost, uh, Wait, netted gross. I don't know. We've made almost a million dollars. And and to think that I did that on my own, there's no way, right? I have incredible people that have worked for me over the last 12 years. I have incredible people in my life that can speak wisdom and love into my life. Um, I have a care for people. I want the best. And uh, and maybe my attitude isn't always that, but, but my heart, like I, I keep going back to a place where um, – you know, for me, I just I, I ask God every day, what what can what can I do today to do the right thing? And what do I need to do? Where, where do I need to be? And uh, what conversations do I need to be having? And how do I need to be spending my time? And, and I think coming back to that question for me has always brought me to a place of humility to say, like, I can think that I built this with my own hands, but 
there have been seasons where we, we have struggled hugely financially and where we had friends coming alongside us and saying, hey, if you need us to you know, pay your mortgage, we can help. And uh, you know, after being in business for a bunch of years and having uh, people say that to you, you can have a couple of different reactions and one could be like, no way, like, you know, I'll, I'll do this. I can, I can bootstrap and, you know, we can, we can make this happen or to just be humble and say like, yeah, like, you know, and I felt like, I felt like I've been doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And, and I would say last year was one of our toughest years financially. And I kept asking God the question, like, why, you know, if you want me to close the doors of this business, uh, I will gladly do it if there's something else that I need to be doing. And, and really it was not, uh, that, that wasn't the answer. Like the answer I kept getting was like, no, this is, you're doing, you're, you're in the spot that I want you. Um, uh, but there are, there are certain people, uh, that, you know, in your culture that, um, that aren't, this isn't the dream team, right? I have something bigger for you guys. And, um, and so I needed to be squeezed in some different areas. And, um, so I would say for me, you know, I've, I've been very intentional year after year of finding that time to just be quiet and to really look at, you know, what direction is the business headed in? Uh, am I doing the job that I need to be doing? Do I have the right employees in place? Are they doing the things that they need to be doing? Um, you know, do, are they, do they have different strengths? Do we need to, you know, pivot what they're doing? Um, so I, I would say, yeah, I, I've, I've worked hard. I've hustled. Man, I have hustled. Um, and, and I think the harder you hustle, the more luck you find. But, you know, in the, in the big picture, I think uh, I just think I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, I've been rewarded financially, you know, in different seasons. And, and, uh, and I've been rewarded with, with some incredible friendships and, and some incredible, incredible opportunities over the years. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, that's kind of my answer. And I, to sum it in one sentence, I, I don't got nothing for you. I hope that's all right, you're, you're pretty good at doing that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I got no summary for that, man. That's all you. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for hanging out. Can you talk a little bit about the Sherpa podcast? Because I had the joy of, um, getting the chance to be interviewed, interviewed by you. And I know that, uh, your heart is not just for your family and for your, your clients, both wedding and commercial, but it, it's just for the community as a whole, for other creatives, photographers, videographers alike. Can you explain what the Sherpa podcast is all about? Yeah, so my friend Matt Davis and I, I, I met Matt about 12 years ago. He owns a uh, wedding film company in Wilmington, North Carolina called Life Stage Films, and he also owns a corporate brand. And we, we met a dozen years ago, 10, 10 years ago actually, at a, at a industry event. We quickly became friends. Uh, we are very similar um, super good friends we've made we've we've become very very good friends over the years and he he used to do uh coaching for for video businesses and uh through some life events on his own he stopped doing that for a season and we shot a wedding together a year and a half ago and he said hey i'm thinking about uh starting this coaching thing up again and i just said man i would love to figure out how to do that with you and so we decided uh, to create Studio Sherpas, and and basically it is a community that uh, you know Matt and I are both filmmakers, but we are in the business of being uh, we are in the creative business. And for both of us, we love we love the business side, like we're, we're, mm -hmm. we we love creating, uh, but we also are passionate about like you know how to grow our team and how to make more money and and what are the things that have worked for us. And uh, you know we've we both. Uh, have done some similar things, but we both have done different things that have brought success. So we built this community. We we have you know we had this podcast um, really to to help entrepreneurs to help 
to help people in the creative space say, hey, you need to be creating. So as you're creating, you also need to be, be able to run a sustainable business so that you can keep creating, giving your gift to the world. So here are some tools. Here are some practical advice. Here are things that you can do to help run a better business so that the world can benefit from your gift, uh, from your creative gift. Love it. Awesome, man. We'll make sure we get links down below so people can check that out. Ryan, thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. Uh, I just really appreciate you. I appreciate your heart, uh, your care for this industry. Um, where else can people find you? Yeah, so studiosherpas.com. Uh, would, would love for people to just come hang hang out, introduce yourself there. Uh, epicmotion.com is our wedding film and lifestyle site. And Tell uh, can be found at, man, I wish I bought tell.com. Oh, this dude, is yeah, way too like expensive. Like 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> right. Uh, so that URL is go to tell.com. It's G O T O T E L L. Dot com and I'm on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Ryan Coral R Y A N K O R A L. Awesome, Ryan, dude! Thank you so much, dude. Appreciate you, Ben. You rock. Love you, dude. And uh, man, rock today. Ah, oh, you got you got a lot coming. So uh, lot good luck <laughs> every day, our day. All right, see you, buddy. Bye. See ya. You guys, there's so much to be learned from Ryan's journey. These are some of my favorite episodes where I simply have the opportunity to interview someone and, and discover and learn about their growth, how they went from uh, from nothing to where they are today. And so I hope you took away just as much as I did. You guys, our time together does not have to end. You don't have to wait until the next podcast episode to release in a week. I want to invite you guys to join me Monday through Friday over at the Six Figure Photography page on Facebook, where I go live literally every weekday for you guys. It's called Six Figure Live. I've got over 134 episodes there just waiting for you guys. And I'd love to see you live. I'd love to actually talk to you guys for you guys to leave a comment and to share some exchange with me. This is the great thing about live content that I don't get to have with the podcast. And so what I do on Six Figure Live is bring you guys behind the scenes of running the photography studio, Stone Story Creative, and get you inside my head a little bit to give you some of that motivation, that direction, inspiration that we just need every single day as we try to show up and move the needle for our business. So we'll see you guys over there. Uh, leave a comment. Say, hey, I, I heard about this over at the podcast and I'm excited to, to get a chance to talk to you guys. We'll see you over there. Cheers.